Hello, everybody. This is Josh. Welcome to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 12th, recording a little bit early just because I'm busy the rest of the week. And I have Lee here. I have Kathleen Turner's voice here. Oh, no, I didn't even realize when we were talking. I have Kathleen Turner's voice. I'm Jessica Rabbit on the radio. That's what you get for smoking those cigars all the time. <laughs> Wait a minute, this isn't the radio. Is this, the, no. is this considered radio? <laughs> I don't, what are we doing? What's a podcast, Josh? I don't want to point out that you're an old man or anything, <laughs> but my favorite thing about doing the podcast with you is you always call it the radio. Yeah. You're like, we're doing a radio <laughs> show. Yeah. This isn't much. live. We can't take calls right now. <laughs> and my old man quips have passed on to my kids because when my daughter takes her iPhone and shoots something, video, she calls it videotape. Oh, I do that too, yeah. I'll say I've taped something on TV. Yes, yes. I didn't tape anything. There's no tape. <laughs> There's, no tape. There's no tape. Nobody's taping right now. Nobody. No. People are filming. Yes. People are capturing, but yeah. they're not taping. I wonder if there's hipster podcasters who only will record on Niagara <laughs> tape <laughs> <And> <laughs> podcasters are lazy just yeah. look at the both of us well that's why i can do this like not too long ago doing this would have been a radio show like you had a radio show but you had to go to a studio i'm yes. sure you guys probably had a techie there pushing buttons for you no that was me oh really yeah. was just you? i thought you might have like a student there you tricked into uh turns out to be easy yeah <laughs> well this too it's like it's it's a laptop and a microphone and it's not pitch perfect i'm sure if we ran it through someone who knew what they were doing they could like fix the levels and stuff yeah. but it works mm-hmm. you know so point of conversation before i forget it because it came up on the internet today and it's something i didn't think of so there's all these rumors about fox and disney yes which make a couple of really neat nerd things of a star wars all being under one yeah. house it's bad for the mayfair yes but it's good for star wars <laughs> and it's and we might get to see hulk fight wolverine that's what, you know, because cause yes. X-Men, Fantastic Four are under Fox, yeah. so they would come under the umbrella too. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes, yeah. yeah. This came up this morning, and I never thought of it. Does that mean Die Hard would go into the Disney vaults? Yes. Theoretically? Oh, then we couldn't show it. Yeah. This might be our last, yeah. I just thought of it, yeah, and I was like, oh, no. And as oh, nerd yeah. excited as I was for Disney buying Fox for various yeah. reasons, wow. then I was like, oh, wait. You, are you going to come? Oh, I'm, I'm going to come for sure, We yeah. should introduce it and tell them that. Yes, You yes. should introduce the movie and say, this might be the last time we get to screen it because wow. if Disney certainly buys Fox and it's done. I'll be wearing my Die Hard 2 sweater that Gwen knit for me a couple years ago. <laughs> Disney can now combine the characters from Die Hard with MASH. <laughs> yeah. Well, I keep on joking that I can't wait for Ray to walk into a bar and Rocket Raccoon and Groot will be sitting in the background. And I don't know whether I think that would be cool no, or no. Not we, cool. Th- th- cause there's, there's a certain rule that everybody else has broken, especially in pop culture in the past few years, in the past, like, say, decade or so. There's a novel of Star Trek Next Generation X-Men, as bizarre as that sounds, but, like, so an expanded universe novel. There have been comics in the past few years of Green Lantern, Planet of the Apes, wow. Star Trek, Legion of Superheroes, Justice League, Power Rangers. So everybody else has done... Or Ninja Turtles, Batman is out right now, comic book. But Star Wars is like the only franchise that has really stayed in its own sandbox. Right. Even I hope like, it stays there. I think so, yeah. I think it's kind of above. Well, it's not that it's above. Yeah, I mean, my favorite thing about Star Wars is that it has nothing to do with planet Earth. And yes, I can't yes, think yes, of yes. too many other movies. Dune. Yes. I can't think of too many other movies or television shows that has nothing to do with planet Earth. And, it should, and that's one of my favorite things about it. And just please stay there. It's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, it takes place at, I, I thought before maybe, the Planet Apes existed. Like, not to talk about our, the multiplexes, but I did no, notice no, that... I, do, I don't know if they're doing it here, but they're doing a marathon day uh, of Phantom Menace through yes. Last Jedi. 
Yeah, that's not a, a long day. That, yeah, it starts at like two o'clock in the morning or one o'clock in the morning. Not in Ottawa. But no. that means that even though it's it's at the no good multiplexes, that they're letting the old movies out of those vaults for at least one day anyway. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's a baby step towards. I would love. It just doesn't make sense to me that so many other studios allow old movies out and Disney does not. Disney does not. It, you know, I, I I blame Star Wars in a way because in 1997. George Lucas released the 20th anniversary of Star Wars. 20th Century Fox didn't have to make a movie. They just had to put the movie back out there. And in 1997, it was a huge blockbuster again. So they had, they had a blockbuster in their hands without having to spend money. And so Disney started releasing stuff like putting away um, Little Mermaid just so they can bring it back or Beauty and the Beast. So there's a lot of, they, they realize if we put movies away long enough, bring them back, there's a lot of money to be made either on home video or theatrically. But that sucks for everything else that's under that web. Yeah, because I remember like when we were kids, like I remember, I don't remember the exact rotation, but when I was a kid, before, before high school, so between, you know, nothing and 12, I remember going to see, I think, Pinocchio, 101 Dalmatians, Aristocats, you know, like yeah. they, they would release one or two classic movies a year along with new stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was just how it worked. It kept, that was their rotation. And I think there was some math to it. It was like every seven or eight years they would, they would do it. And so they, I got to see Peter Pan, Jungle Book up on the big screen. But then, yeah, at some point they just locked it down because they've, now they haven't released any of that old stuff. And we always yeah. get requests, especially when something new comes out. And this is a few years ago, but like when the new Tron came out, we got so many requests. Oh, you can play Tron? We're like, we can't play Tron. We're not allowed. It's in the vault. Yeah, I remember working at the West Coast Video in yes. Orleans when Little Mermaid came out on video, came out on home video. Came out after E.T., so it was twenty nine ninety nine to buy. And that went like hotcakes out the door. Everyone that holiday, I think it might have been just before Christmas, or it wasn't, anyway, by the time Christmas rolled around, there was no VHS copies left for sale. You know, they mass-produced it, they knew it would be big, but they didn't. They couldn't keep up with the demand. So by Christmas, right. there was none left to buy at Christmas. The owner, he had a box in the, his, nah. at home full of them. And he knew if he waited long enough, this day would come. He sold them at Christmas for $100 each. And he, made, he sold them all. He'd, you know, in next Christmas, he'd sell them for $200 each and sell them all. Man, that's smart, but evil. <laughs> yeah, yes, it totally it completely is. But Disney saw, you know, that... Put it away long enough, you know, when they re-released Little Mermaid, then yeah, bang, boom, lots of money. Yeah, because it's funny. like Demand. And we don't play as many classic films as we would like, because I think just simply there's not the demand often. Mm-hmm. And we have sadly seen evidence of that. In previous years, we would have a diehard double bill, and we'd have 250 people there for the first show, and it would whittle down to... Yeah, <laughs> for Die Hard 2. I remember that with... I remember you being specifically heartbroken at Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Where people would see Planet of the Apes and then it fizzled out for the rest. And you're like, come yeah. on, people, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> and like this summer, it kind of came and went, and we didn't do a Back to the Future Triple Bill. But it, it's we're still showing lots of stuff that people are enjoying. But it yeah. seems now, like, you know, Lady Bird will get 250 people and It's a Wonderful Life. I came to see last night. It was a lot of fun. I think it did well, but we definitely weren't packed. It's the time of year. Tennis here is going to kind of suck now. Yeah, until yeah. After Christmas, Lady Bird should have, sure did well Saturday night. And it's great. I really like Lady Bird. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember Jaws one and two. Everyone laughed. Oh, yeah. No one stuck around for Jaws two. I'm like, what? This is such a fun film. You'll never see Jaws two on 35 millimeter on the big screen again. And people, folks, it's so care. funny because it's been so long since we have been a 
Monday through Sunday double bill uh-huh. cinema, and still people are asking, "Oh, is this going to be a double bill? Is this going to be a double bill?" And I'm like, "How many double bills have we screened in 2017? Like one yeah. at Halloween, and yeah. like it, not that many. Like, yeah, maybe one at Halloween. That might have yeah. been it. I don't know. Even now, because they're different distribution." Best Friends in the Room was not a double bill. You're welcome to buy two tickets. And nowadays, if you're a member, that's not going to cost you very much anyhow. Like and The Disaster Artist, when we get it, and The Room can't be a double bill. It's two different studios. Exactly, yeah. By the way, we will get Disaster Artist probably early soon now. Oh. Maybe over the holidays. Oh, my God, that's yeah. big news. Well, we'll find out soon. That's, that's big news. <laughs> yeah. And I, I told it to someone online, and they said, I, I hope it's a double bill. And I said, well, it won't be a double bill, but I'm sure there will be a 9 o'clock show disaster artist and an yeah. 11 o'clock show that you're welcome to buy <coughs> two tickets to. Mm-hmm. But just because... And I, I, the easiest explanation I always tell people is Die Hard is both the same studio. So showing Die Hard 1 and 2, easy. Showing 3 Indiana Jones, easy. But say even with the Marvel example, if we want to screen X-Men and Avengers, mm-hmm. if they were both available, we couldn't because now one is Disney and one is Fox. So they don't like each other. They don't like kind of being paired up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have to get stuff of the same studio. studio. The Mayfair used to do it. They didn't give yeah. a damn. Yeah. They would go down the middle 50-50. And it, and, and it was against distribution laws. I can't believe that. It shouldn't have gone on as long as it did. I knew theater owners in Ottawa. We hated the idea that the Mayfair was a double bill thing. I remember when we showed Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter here. We showed four nights of Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Double billed with Choi Hark's Time and Tide. <laughs> Jesus Christ Vampire would sell out every night, and 10 people would come see Time and Tide. And at the end of the week, I had to split my revenue 50 50 with Sony. Right. So you're a good example of why the distributors don't like that. Yeah. Because it might seem a bit petty, but it's true if you're kind of doubled up, there will always be that argument of, you know, say it was a Star Wars, Star Trek double bill yeah. by happenstance. They'd be like, well, we're more popular. And Star Trek would go, we're more popular. Yeah. And there'd always be a fight. And yeah. so, yeah, that's why. Putting them as singles is so much easier. Right. And yeah, like disaster artists in the room, just stay for both. Just buy tickets to both yeah. and there you go. Like yeah. so yeah. that's cool. Yeah, disaster artists have been hilarious because the latest news is a couple days ago it got nominated for best picture and best actor at the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. And screenplay. Was yeah. it screenplay as well? I don't know. I think so. But it's it's Well maybe not. Nonetheless, it's a movie based on the room is now Golden Globe yeah, nominated. I've seen it twice. Oh, yeah. And I can confirm, yeah, the Mayfair is at the end of the movie. Yeah. Cool. By the time you're with someone and you elbow them and say, look, it's the Mayfair. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. So you have to actually almost do it the shot before. Is it two of them on our little stage? Yeah. And, and you can see some of our fans in the background. Yeah. Oh, so it's like over their shoulder? It's it's like someone with the camera sitting front row just filming them. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you can see our shitty yellow curtain. And, right, yeah, right, right. You can tell it's the Mayfair. That's so cool. But we didn't get like a shout out at the end? Like, no, there's no special thanks. Originally, boo. we were going to get a special thanks mentioned, yeah. but there's no special thanks at all. So no one got a shout out at the end. Oh, come on, Franco. Once we get it, I'll tweet Seth Rogen and, and he'll, I'm sure, say something nice about us because he's been... Mentioned the Mayfairs in the movie that yeah. we're showing and maybe he'll, yeah. And that we screened the interview a little oh, while yeah. back, you know. He was really good about that. That's the best thing about Twitter is it's very easy for somebody to do a little shout out when we're playing a movie, whether it be... Seth Rogen or or Kevin Smith when we screened what was the last one Tusk I guess mm-hmm. he was really big about so excited that it's in our nation's capital because he's a big fan of Canada and stuff right. but it, it's a simple little thing whereas pre-internet Spielberg couldn't be like hey thanks for showing my movie or he, recently with uh, Kumail Nanjiani gave us a shout out and, and replied to us when we showed The Big Sick so, oh really yeah yeah it, we, we, I got 
it wasn't me. Somebody got a really great photo of a blockbuster for the big sick, and it was like a line around the block. Oh. I retweeted that, and I'm a big fan of them from Podcast Land, and I kind of tagged them in the tweet. And he replied pretty fast saying, oh, thanks so much for showing our movie. And then that got to his wife, who's the screenwriter as well, and the director and everybody. So it, I think that may have been our most popular tweet. Really? Because everybody kind of latched onto it and gave it a thumbs oh, up wow. and whatever. So, so the little things like that are fun because that couldn't have existed before internet. Mm. Like in, the, in 1989, if we were showing some independent movie, unlikely that the director would phone mm. us and say thanks. My my whole family were sitting in front of the tel- uh, television. <laughs> we pulled the screen down and we put on the, the Verizon live telecast. Oh yeah, the red carpet, Last Jedi red carpet premiere in L.A. Where in Los Angeles they closed down Hollywood Boulevard. They laid out a red carpet, giant ATM six there, and it was incredible. It was really fun to watch. And they had a little um, ticker at the bottom. Yeah, and so you, your tweets could go on the ticker. And Max took my Twitter oh, yeah. and he kept. Typing porgs really long, and it would just always go across the bottom of the screen. He thought it was so funny until he appeared. Yeah. Did they tell you? He, yeah, he I saw it on the internet somewhere. Yeah, he appeared on. He got a they, after the Mark Hamill interview, before the Frank Oz interview. Mark Max appeared. Mark <laughs> <laughs> Max is now half pork. Yeah. Max appears on the red carpet, uh, dresses uh, Chewbacca eating porgs. So it's funny how Twitter works. I'm finally getting into it. Well, if anyone listening, if you haven't checked out Tommy's Twitter feed, Tommy Wiseau has a new Twitter feed. Yes, I heard. That he's trying to get, I don't know how it works, but you have to get approved. You get like a little check mark that says, yes, I'm really me. So Seth Rogen's been on saying like, yeah, it's him and everyone's going on. It's a really fun Twitter feed, as you might expect, because Tommy Wiseau's crazy. But, he, <laughs> but he's, he's been very nice crazy lately. Like he snapped a photo of Disaster Artist book at an airport he was yep. at and yep. put, put congratulations to Greg. He congratulated Franco on the Golden Globe. So you would think that in a world not too long ago, I could imagine Tommy's oh, yeah. Twitter feed being very different than shame this. Shame on you. Yeah, shame <laughs> on you, Franco, for stealing my soul. But I don't know what it was. I think it's thanks to Franco and Seth Rogen that something happened where he's seeing that these guys didn't have hatred or animosity to him, and that kind of opened up his... Well, I think, I think, yeah, James Franco must have said to Tommy, I love your movie. No, I love right. it. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not so bad, it's good. It's just so good. And let me make fun of it. <laughs> let, me, let me portray, you know, do a drama about how, you know, how great the film is and what, what a great accomplishment you pulled off. And I was listening to, there's a, a podcast called Movie Science <coughs> with the Mads, and it's a couple of the Mystery Science Theater alum just talking about movies. They brought up Ed Wood, and one of them was saying how Yes, Ed Wood is famous for being a horrible filmmaker, but you look at his output and you look at what he did and there is this admiration is that he did it, you know, he made movies, he got out there. Mm. And especially Glenn or Glenda. Pull you, the string. Yeah, if you if you stop and look at Glenn and Glenda, it's still a bad film, but for the time, for someone to do a trans movie, right. that's crazy. Like that's very it's, impressive. It's, but you know what? It turns he's not he's is he, he's not really trans. I mean, he no. He's like he's, he's like, heterosexual right. who just yes. likes wearing women's clothing. Yes, which he's a, so he's a crossdresser. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, but I, it's funny because Franco said that, and again, this would have been <laughs> bizarre comparing to Ed Wood. Franco wanted Johnny Depp to play him, and oh. that, that would mean that Johnny Depp would have played Ed Wood and Tommy Wiseau if yeah. that had happened. Right. I, I, I kind of hate. I'm so sick of Johnny Depp right now. I, I forgot he played Ed Wood. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think Johnny Depp's being. 
I, I mean, you can't fault a guy for taking a horribly giant paycheck. Right. But I think the pirate stuff is over now. You've seen him doing a couple of more ensemble things. Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, or showing up in the Harry Potter movie in a small role. So I think maybe now he's like, yeah, I'm 50 and have all the money in the world. I can go and be an actor again, maybe. Yeah, you know? Hopefully. Because it's, uh, yeah, you look at pre-Pirates. Like, Pirates was great, but you look at pre-that and you're like, oh, yeah, Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood, Crybaby. I forgot about that because he just did 12 Pirates movies that... Ed Wood has a signature. You can, not, you know, you can watch an Ed Wood movie without opening your closing credits sequence right. and you can tell it's directed by Ed Wood. And that's something. That means something. No matter how bad it is, he has a certain penmanship about his movie making. Kubrick has that. I think Spielberg has that. Oh, for sure. Russ Meyer, Ed Wood. Because Tommy only did the one. It's interesting because you think right. you would think he could have done three more movies since then. Mm-hmm. But how he focused on that, and it's 13 or 14 years later now, and now it's almost like, is he going to get the follow-up movie? Like, he's acted in a couple other films, and he did that weird TV series thing or that weird internet series thing. Mm. But, I, man, I, ever since you said the Dracula, I want, I want that <laughs> Tommy Wiseau's Dracula. Yeah. I don't know if he'll ever see another movie out of him. Like, Greg was hinting that he, he's working on it. Well, he hinted on Kimmel that he's working on his own book. Right, and there'll be Best Friends Part 2, so he'll, that's coming yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, I hope he gets the kick in the ass. You said just now he was at an airport? Well, that's what the tweet was. Tommy Wiseau, he could have got it from somebody else, but I believe it was he took a picture at an airport. So I I would assume he was, like, traveling between somewhere, you know? I get his picture by himself, taking a picture. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I can't picture him flying right now. I mean, he he went, Kimmel's in L.A., so he went. So that's on home turf. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it could have been Did just, he, he could have seen the pic, someone could have sent him that picture too, I guess. So yeah. Jess, James Franco hosted SNL this past Saturday. Was Tommy on it? I didn't hear. I, I, I didn't watch it. I didn't know if he mm. showed up. I don't know if he did any, that character at all. Yeah. The Tommy was on character. You think Tommy was on a live show could go horribly wrong. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. They met him <laughs> like, and they met him. He's like, yeah. you should go back. Yeah, Franco's probably like, hey, can I have him do the opening monologue with me? You're like, uh. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's exciting that we might get it sooner than later because I noticed on Box Office Mojo on Sunday night, Disaster Artist was number like four or five, and of course, whatever was in front of it, Coco and Justice League and whatever, but the per screen average was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, Justice League and Coco were like 3,000 bucks or something, but Disaster Artist was like 17,000. It was mm-hmm. astronomically higher, so mm-hmm. that meant that the theaters showing Disaster Artist were packed. Yeah. And my friend who went to see it down in Austin, I think she was saying it was packed house and everyone cheering and clapping. And yeah, I, I went to Philadelphia. Chrissy and I drove. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Fifteen hours. Did yeah. I tell you the story? I don't think it so. No, I knew 15, you were going. It took us fifteen hours to get to SteelCon because we went. By the time we got to Erie, the snow there was a blizzard. The freeway was like a damn, a damn parking lot. Yeah. So my Apple Max app told me to get off the freeway and go around it by these side roads which was a dumb idea because <laughs> the side rows weren't plowed. And uh, I wish my app knew that. It's the start of a horror movie. You hit the <laughs> side roads. I couldn't stop or turn around because I would get stuck in the middle of nowhere with my car in the ditch. So I just kept plowing ahead and following this. And I couldn't, we couldn't see five feet in front of our car. It was so thick, oh, the snow. I had to use my app. Okay, it's a straight line, so I can just keep going. Oh, no. Oh, here comes a bend in the road. And I was driving with my app. We almost had a head-on collision. This car just came barreling down the road, not sharing the road at all. Didn't know how to move over. Avoided that. Two deer jumped out of the out of nowhere. 
It's all snow. I just say honestly, it came out of nowhere, like over our hood. And then I was plowing along, and then we saw these red lights blinking. Oh, we better stop. What is that? Right in front of the red lights, we stopped, and it was a speeding train going by. Oh, God. And the, the arms were down. So I was outside cleaning the windshield while the speeding train was going by. And it was, cra- it was insane. There was a tr- train, like, you know, 10 feet in front of me, and I couldn't see it. Finally get to Pittsburgh. We saw the disaster. It was at 1045 <laughs> at night. We were lucky we made it. <laughs> it. We drove very far. And then, you know, saw the disaster. I was in Pittsburgh and saw the Mayfair <laughs> yeah. in Pittsburgh. Got up in the morning, did Steel Con. Met some of the cast of Twin Peaks, got back in the car, and uh, took nine hours on the way home oh, because yeah. I decided to take a longer route and uh, stay away from Erie. Stories like that are only funny because you're not dead, you know? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, only funny because you're not dead. Yeah. But Christy was like laughing the whole time. <laughs> she was filming a lot of it. I was going to be videotaping. She, yeah. was, she was not even filming, she was capturing a lot of it. Yeah, I saw Snapchat. the photo of you guys with Lou Frigno. Lou Frigno and with the Twin Peaks gang with uh, Lucy Deputy and Andy. Andy. Yeah. Andy was dressed like a David Lynch character. He, like he, he looked like, yeah, Peter. If Peter uh, Peter Fonda was in it, that's what he looked. Like. Yeah, he had like glasses. He didn't yeah. look like I expected him to look. And their voices, they are. It's like it felt like being on the set of Twin Peaks because yeah. she was Lucy, he was Andy. That's them. That's They're not weird. putting it on. <laughs> I was talking to Lucy, which that's not her real real name, Kimmy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling Kimmy, and there was a big line, so I was trying to rush to the story. Yeah. And she just leaned forward to me, and she said. Lee, I don't understand a fucking word you're saying to me in her cute voice. <laughs> and uh, that was a real treat. <laughs> they were nice, though. We took lots of photos. And they, they actually were interested in the Mayfair Theater. Cool, cool. And, they, and I gave my card to uh, their handler, and they'd be interested in coming up maybe to the Mayfair sometime to sign autographs. I don't know what we could What share. would they plug? They're not in Firewalk Fire, with me. Right? I know. I know. <laughs> oh, no, wait, are they? No. I no. can't remember. No. I don't think they are. That's kind of a That's down. the only yeah. thing we could show. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we could show Star Wars and have them yeah. introduce it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Gwen pointed out, Lou Frigno's hand yeah. is as big as Christie's head. Yeah, his fist is, <laughs> he's got a big fist. And he must be getting up there, but he looks pretty he good. He looks great. He yeah. looks great. Yeah, he he is. What is he, like 70? He must be. I think he's 66. Okay, yeah, I guess he was maybe pretty young when he was doing Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, he looks, he's gorgeous. <laughs> we, we, we ran into Richard, Richard Dreyfus. Oh, yeah? He, we were walking with Richard Dreyfus for a little Poor while. Poor Richard Dreyfus. Saw Tom Wilson from Back to the Future. He played Biff. Oh, he's cool. I like him a lot. Yeah. Uh, I've heard him on a couple of podcasts, and he does these really cool paintings, like these weird retro paintings of like toys and things like that. And he also carries around like a card. So when someone says, in Back to the Future, he goes, thank you very much. I appreciate you. I'm going to give you this card that answers all your questions because I'm afraid I have to go. And it has like 30 questions about Back to the Future on it. I love that card. So, so he just like politely says, I'm sorry I don't have time to answer all your questions. Here uh, you go. I would have asked for that card. Yeah. He has a great look about him too. Yeah. He's good. And he's still around. He does a lot of, he's still acting in a lot of yeah, stuff. Excuse me. Sorry for my cough. That's okay. Been, it must be terrible on the radio. I, I, I try to edit around them as much as I can. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's like right over something interesting we're saying, but it's not too bad. But let's... I know you gotta get yeah. out of here sooner or later because you gotta. Did you want to drive? Um, maybe. I'm heading back back to the Glebe to do some shopping. But um, let's quickly mention what we have coming up. I don't even have a paper schedule in front of me because it's um, being printed as we speak. But we have Lady Bird returning this Friday, uh, December fifteenth. We have one screening again, squeezed in of the Florida Project on Saturday afternoon. Because it's so good. So good. That's our sixth week with it, even though it's kind of just, yeah, just sneaking, sneaking in. I just think it'd be fun to show over the holidays, but I, you know, I don't yeah. know what's available yet. 
Then Roman J. Israel Esquire with Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. I think that's a Oscar buzz movie for Denzel, at least, mm-hmm. for Best Actor. Then we have the Ottawa premiere of My Friend Dahmer, which I just read the, the book for, the comic book for. It was really good. I'm interested to see how they adapt that into mm-hmm. movie form. What else do we have? Then we have some holiday season stuff. We have Elf on Sunday afternoon for... We've already watched that three times this oh, year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. kids are always watching it. Yeah. I love it. It I is love, so good. I love New York City, and, and it's, a, it's an interesting <coughs> film because it's kind of the... It's Will Ferrell's starring role. Mm-hmm. John Favreau's first kind of big commercial hit, and they needed Iron Man after that. Yeah, just a great kind I of... I shouldn't like it at all, right, but yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I love Will Ferrell in it. And what am I missing here? Then we oh Saturday morning cartoons this Saturday, and it's going to be a Christmas special selection. Uh huh. So that's three hours of cartoons and old commercials. Who's which working the door that morning? Me. <laughs> my my friend from high school, Jenny Samuel. Jen Samuel's coming with her kids. Okay. Birthday parties. Let them all in. Show them a good time. Let them. Now everyone listening is going to be. I'm Jen Samuel. Oh, yeah. This is the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. But, yeah, so cartoons, uh, a local film on Saturday night called Unholy Night, mm. a local horror film, a Christmas-themed horror film. Yeah. And then right after that is the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is the Absent Friends gang is doing a Christmas-themed Rocky Horror as well. And then the aforementioned Die Hard on Monday at 6.30, which might be the last time you ever get to see Die Hard at Christmas time. On the big screen. Yeah. If this Disney Vaults thing comes to pass and yeah. they buy Fox. And, and so... Make sure to come out for that because, man, I didn't even think of that until it, it was it was King from Fantasia brought it up and said, "Oh, I wonder if we'll get locked away." And I was like, "Oh my god!" In a way, I guess Star Wars ruined Fox because way to go, Fox, Star Wars. Fox released all their movies, <laughs> yeah, those six movies, and then Lucas sold it to Disney instead of Fox. And if Fox had right. Star Wars, then that we wouldn't be talking about this merger. We got Last Jedi candy canes. And if you, you got to look closely, but the wrapping, you can see little Luke and little Porg and little Chewie. Oh. But I still, I remember, I, you know, a couple of years ago, walking into Shoppers Drug Mart or Walmart or wherever and seeing the first batch of Star Wars stuff. So we're, we're used to seeing action figures. We're used to seeing T-shirts. But I saw a, you know, candy canes or a toothbrush or whatever, and there was that little Disney stamp at the bottom. Oh. And it was so weird. It was like, oh, well, yep, it's Disney now. I'm really glad. Well, there's no Disney logo in front of Star Wars. Yeah. Or at the end of Star Wars. It's Luke, it's all Lucasfilm. Disney's just distributing film. By the way. Yes. Would you, if, I, if I'm not in town, right. would you host the Oscars this year? Yes. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Where but are you going? Greg Sestero invited me to the Oscars. No way. <laughs> he, invited, he got tickets to the Vanity Fair party. Yeah. And it's plus one. He's single. He, does, uh, he says he doesn't want to be in a relationship right now. Are you allowed to talk about this on the radio? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he says he doesn't want to be in a relationship right now because he doesn't want to be distracted. He's making movies, and he doesn't want the distraction. He said, I'd rather just go with you, Lee. So he invited me. His film needs to be nominated, but if that happens, I'll probably most likely be uh, on or near the red carpet and hopefully be on screen with Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> holding where, hands. Where would you get to sit? Like, <laughs> well, I, you know what? I don't know if, I don't know if we're going we're to the in, ceremony. I, right. like, he might be. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I'm going to the Vanity Fair party with him. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. all the Oscar winners go. Right. And maybe Daisy Ridley and Kathleen Kennedy. And, oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. I have to get a tux. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to get like some kind of Mayfair lapel pin That's a good idea. or something, you know. And a porg. 
Yeah, <laughs> Porg on your shoulder. And the crazy thing, next time we do a, next time we do a podcast, yeah, we're, we're gonna know what Porgs are because oh, it's yeah. gonna be post Last Jedi. Again, not to talk about movies we're seeing not here, but both of us, of course, are gonna go see Last Jedi three and, times in the first twenty four hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so we just we only have a few more days to avoid all spoilers and things. Well, it's uh, the, the reviews are out; they're online are they? right oh, now. Oh man, so I just stay off I, on yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Hamill was on Colbert the other night and was really great. He was really cool, and. Basically, he was like, I'm here to publicize a movie that I can't talk about at all. And but now, but now, oh yeah, my God, it's yeah. all out there. So you can find out right now what happens. Well, I was, even yeah, back yeah. in the day, I remember seeing there'd be like a novelization out a month yes. before. And I'm like, well, there yes. you go. You can just read that. When I was a kid, I remember the, the Marvel yeah. comic. The whole Return of the Jedi was out on shelves before the movie came out. Like just a few days before. And I bought it as a kid, and I opened the page. I'm like, this is the movie. And I stopped. You know what? You should read. I'm reading them now via the Marvel Unlimited app. The Rogue One adaptation oh. has an introduction by the director where he says, we made sure to throw in a lot of stuff into the comic that we had to cut out of the movie. Yeah. And I'm only three issues in. They're releasing it like monthly on the app like a comic book. Oh. A lot of stuff in there that's like oh, wow. not in the movie, so it's kind of oh, cool. Oh, that's great. I love all the backstory stuff. Okay, so let's get out of here so you can trek through the snow and get home. Yes. Go visit our friends at House of Target across the street. Check out social media. We're on all the, the Twitters and Facebooks and Instagrams. And we'll see you back here next week, hopefully with some more... Cool booking news. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Adios. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. Now, for its 20th anniversary, the adventure of a lifetime returns to the big screen in a way you've never seen before. There'll be no one to stop us this time. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. With newly enhanced visual effects. They're coming in too fast! THX and digital sound. And a few new surprises. Hanabuki. Bardonianta. On President's Day weekend, 1997, George Lucas and 20th Century Fox invite you to welcome back Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Chewbacca, C-3PO, and R2-D2. Finally, the motion picture event, the way it was meant to be experienced. This will be a day long remembered. As the entire Star Wars trilogy returns. On February 14th, Star Wars, followed soon after by The Empire Strikes Back. And then, Return of the Jedi. Move closer! For a whole new generation who have yet to experience it on the big screen. And for everyone else to experience it again. is our last hope. No, there is another. The Star Wars Trilogy, Special Edition. See it again for the first time. The Force will be with you, always.